0: Well, good morning, folks. If you have your Bibles, come with me to Third John. We looked at First John and then Second John, and this morning we're going to look at one half of Third John, and uh, then we'll uh, finish it up uh, next week. Uh, I don't know how Jennifer's doing seven weeks in Jude, but uh, be that as it may, uh, we'll do two weeks in Third John. And so let's pray together, and then we'll get right into our study. Father, we thank you for this morning and thank you for. Uh, what you're doing uh, with our young people, with our teens, and with with the kiddos in Sunday school. We pray that you bless them and encourage their hearts uh, today. And as we study your word, Lord, we pray, Lord, that that you would uh, speak uh, to our hearts, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So we get this little tiny letter that the Apostle John uh, writes to a church that's under his care. And the greater area of Ephesus and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 8 and at first blush you know you read 1 through 8 you say uh, kind of like the old Wendy's commercial where's the beef <laughs> but you know if you drill down in this uh, these eight verses uh, and, and and give it a, a little bit of thought there's an amazing theme that runs through these verses that are very practical to us, very instructed to us, because it helps us to understand this. How does God routinely work? I mean, we all know that God is the creator of the universe, right? And we all know that when we uh, can think about the New Testament, we think of signs and wonders and, and the dead being raised and, and, and God healing people and the blind seeing and Man, we would like that. We'd like more of that, wouldn't we? But how does God work day in and day out in your life and in my life? And how does He advance His kingdom work? How does He advance the gospel on, a, on just the, like a Monday morning, on a, on, a regular, on a regular day of the week? Well, these eight verses really help us to understand that. First of all, we're in 3 John, which is what? It is a letter, uh, an epistle. It's a letter. It was written on, say, one sheet of ancient paper, papyri, you know. it's written on one sheet. It was written with a quill and ink, you know, that John used. And what does that speak to us right from the beginning? That God communicated through the Apostle John to a local church by using what? Signs and wonders? Could the Lord have dispatched an angel to John? All right, John, let me have the message. And then, and goes to the church. I have a message from John. Could God have done that? Absolutely. He did it at what the announcement of the birth of Jesus, right? And we see the voice from <laughs> the voice from heaven at Jesus' baptism. You know, this is my beloved son. I mean, God could have chosen anyway, but how does He choose? You've already you've already helped me with that. He chooses to use a letter which is a very ordinary thing to communicate his truth through John to this group of people that needed to be encouraged. When we think of the Bible, these pages of Scripture that I have, you have pages, and most of you nowadays have a little electronic device. I don't know whether you're watching the early football game or the basketball game, but you seem pretty engaged with your device. I hope it's... (laughs) Steve Skinner isn't here, so he's known to do that, but, you know, he's probably watching from home. But, you know, God chose to give us his word in a format that's ordinary. And we know that as we read God's word, as we hide it in our heart, that it renews our mind, it transforms us. It does, through ordinary means, a supernatural event. And so right off the bat, when we look at these, this little third John, right off the bat, we can understand and begin to understand and begin to appreciate that God uses very ordinary means to communicate his extraordinary truth to us. Look at verse 1. We can go a little deeper with this theme. It says, the elder, and we know that's John, and we've looked at this in 2 uh, John. Presbyterus John is not only an aged man, but he is a man full of wisdom. He knows how to apply God's Word to a local church. He's an aged man. He's a man full of wisdom. But we also know that he's the Apostle John, the one that Jesus loved. And so there's some great significance as you look at uh, early church literature. We know that this term the elder Presbyterus was used to those that were even discipled by the apostle by the apostle John and so it's a very rich term to connote John's authority and John's influence and John's responsibility for the local church and John says this to the to the elder to the beloved great word here to one worthy of love and now who is this one that's worthy of love and we come to the second aspect of God using ordinary means to do extraordinary things. John writes to my to the beloved Gaius. Now Gaius is a Latin and it's a Roman name and in Rome, I'll give you a little historical background to this, in Rome the people had basically, Three names. Now I'll give you my name as long as you promise not to give away what my middle name is because people made fun of that when I was a child and I, I may have a reaction. You know, you might not like my reaction, but but my but I have three I have three names. My name is what Edward Conway. You know, it's Edward Francis Francis Edward Edward Francis Conway, and I'm named after my father, so I have a junior. And in Roman times, they only had 18 names to choose from for their first name. Gaius was second on the list. Lucius was number one. Lucius meant uh, brightness or shining. And they gave Lucius' name to a lot of kids that were born early in the morning or you know, their mother or father had brightness or thought the kid had brightness in his eyes or whatever. But that was the number one. But Gaius is number two, and it means to rejoice. And what we find when we drill down in this, we see that Gaius is used in many places in the New Testament. And, and it was a very common name. And get this, we don't know anything about Gaius. His name's in the Bible, but that's about it. And what's the takeaway for us? Is Gaius was an ordinary man. He wasn't an apostle, wasn't an elder of the church. He was simply this, he was faithful. He was faithful to his friend, John the Apostle, when the church was kind of going in weird ways and Diotrephes was kicking people out of the church, Gaius remained faithful to the gospel, to the witness, and not only that, we're going to find out that he had a significant role to play in the people that John sent under his authority to deliver these letters to the church. And so once again we're at this same thematically, this same same theme is that God uses ordinary ordinary, mostly unknown people to do his work. Gaius is not an apostle, not an elder, not responsible for the church, but he has a great heart for the Lord. And it's the same, it's the same way today is that most of us in this church will never be known outside of this church. We'll just be known for our first names and how we touch people's lives relationally. And that is how God works. And so you don't have to be this this great person. You know, we, we're using right now media. I talked to one of my friends and he was telling me about this. Oh, he, he, um, watched uh, first and second and third John and I I guess this guy was a big football player and he gave third John and first John and and my buddy was encouraged by that and and I I, I kind of felt a little like like short. I felt a little white and a little like wanting to take second and third cuts when I teach on Sunday morning, so it'd be perfect. You know, lighting's perfect. You know, you look strong, you look happy, you look thin, you know, you look beautiful and but, you know, it's just me just me here and god chooses that most of the time that god works he just uses ordinary people like you and i i love when i have convergence in my teaching this week i wrote the notes like on a wednesday and i and i woke up this is the craziest thing i woke up on like thursday morning and i took out my notes and i looked at third john and and I read to the elder to the beloved Gaius and I and I was floored. I said, Gaius just ordinary. The letter's just ordinary. Gaius' ministry that had such fruit is just ordinary. And then I took out my devotions for the day. And I like Charles Stanley. I've I've, I've said I've said that for a long time now. I like Charles Stanley's notes, and they're just brief. Um, and he's got read through the Bible in a year, which I do, and uh, and, the, and 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 uh, when I went to the the I think it was the, the Thursdays uh, devotional, it was all about this guy Zebedee. Now, do you know who Zebedee is? We know he's a fisherman, but do you know anything else about him? Yeah, you know about the relationships that he's touched. That he had two sons, what James and John, and they were what? The thunders of thunder. You know, they wanted to call down fire on a Samaritan village. Their father was unknown, but he was faithful in raising his sons. He had a wife who loved the Lord. Her, her name was uh, Sal Sal, not Sal's Pizza. Got that on my eye. Uh, salami, no, that's, that's what goes on pizza. Well, Do anybody know her name? Salamoni. Like Salamon, right? Salamoni? Did you pronounce the E? I never took phonics growing up but we'll pronounce the name. Salamone. Yeah, there we go. You fact check my sermon. <laughs> Please don't do that. So, but you don't know, you don't know anything really significant about Zebedee, but you know, you know great significance about the people that love Jesus because Zebedee led them in the truth. And many times as moms and dads as as grandparents that's our, that's one of our biggest ministries is to impart faith to our little ones to speak truth into the people that in our little sphere in our little village where God has placed us we get to speak the gospel gaius did that and he was just an ordinary man let's look at the text see if we can drill out anything else here he says beloved he says the elder to the Beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth, I, I, I love in truth. In other words, he loved Gaius because he was true to the gospel. And we go on in verse 2. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you, and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. There's another one. Ordinary letter, ordinary man, and ordinary prayers. A lot of times we we, we wonder, how can we pray for someone? What, oh, I can't pray for someone. I don't have, I, I, I must have heard this. If I've heard it 10 times or 100 times, I've heard it 1,000 times. I, I can't pray for people. I, I don't know what to pray. Well, John helps us. We pray for people by expressing our ordinary affections for people. In other words, John, like this week, I made a few pastoral calls to s- some of the older saints in the church. And, and one of the things I asked them is, how are you doing? How's your health? Are you, are you doing okay? You're taking, are you taking care of yourself? And then at the end of the call, I pray. Lord, I pray that you would uh, uh, bring your healing. I pray that you bring your strength. but I pray that you'd bless their heart and their soul. Oftentimes we struggle with ministry. What should ministry look like? How could God ever want to use an ordinary kid who grew up in Medvah? You know, on an ordinary street with an ordinary set of parents, with an ordinary one-car family. How could God ever do that? But that's who he chooses to use. The only question is the same that I felt the Holy Spirit saying to me this morning. Will you step into, will you step into Christ? Will you step into the light of his grace for you today? Will you be available to him today? to be used in your ordinary sphere. And if you do that, guess what? God has decided that that's what he's going to use. And he does that throughout the scriptures. If we were to look at Psalm 78, come there with me for a minute, just really briefly, Psalm 78 speaks of David. And we know him as King David. But Psalm 78 helps us to understand the heart of God and using ordinary People to do extraordinary things, Psalm seventy-eight, verse seventy. He chose David his servant. Okay, he chose David, just like he chose you and I. He chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfold. In other words, you know, you know the David and Goliath story. You know, he's off and a little runt, you know, the runt of the litter, and um, you know he says, and, and then he comes and hears all the noise and the commotion, and. And who is who is you know denigrating the the God Almighty, and then he takes care of business like a nobody. But he but he was called by God from tending sheep, from following the nursing ewes. He brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people, Israel, his inheritance, and he did this with an upright heart. He shepherded them, and he guided them with skillful hands, and he learned that through ordinary means. He learned that from caring for sheep. How about you come with me to Acts chapter 4 this morning. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. And the context here is Peter and John. He says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were what? Uneducated, common folk. Uneducated, common men. And they were astonished. And they recognize this one thing, and that's, and that's the one thing you and I need. They recognize that they had been with Jesus. And so the closer we get to Jesus, the greater the opportunity we have to do extraordinary things through just ordinary faithfulness. You may wonder how in the world would God want to ever use me because he's chosen you. That's why. Not because of your strength, your might, your intellect. But he's chosen you. And so once again, we're back at this same thing. Will you step into the grace that God's given you? Will you step into the sphere of influence that God's given you? You might be like, you might be like Zebedee. You might, you might never be known for nothing, but your son's, man, your son's going to be known as thuns, uh, sons, sons of thunder, which is what Jesus nicknamed them to be. Ordinary means, ordinary prayer, ordinary man. And we see his ministry was so appreciated. Uh, next verse. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy to hear that my children are walking in the truth. There is a deep satisfaction that John has because koinonia is happening. They're fellowshipping together. The saints are together. John's sending these itinerant ministers around to encourage the churches. And John finds his fulfillment and his joy. Not in the extraordinary, no. He finds his joy just like I do as a pastor. When I I hear someone is, is walking in the truth, when I hear that when someone's taking care of their kiddos, when I hear that someone's having lunch with one of our elderly saints, my heart goes, yeah because that's what it looks like. John goes on. He says, Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do. It is a faithful thing you do. In all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church, you would do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. What is John talking about? Well, he, he's talking about Hospitality. And hospitality has an amazing uh, ability to transform lives. You say, having a meal with someone? Absolutely. I remember when I was a young believer. I mean, I was, I was still single. I'd gotten out of the Air Force. i had recently been saved. I came up here. I went to Hillside Evangelical Church in Medford, and there was this couple there, Alex and Anna Mae Skinner. And they saw a young guy in the church, and they said, Hey, why don't you come over to the house and have lunch? And of course, as a single guy. And um, I was like, yeah, you can feed me. (laughs) You can feed me. And I went over there. They gave me like a really great meal. And then Anna Mae took out the pies. Oh my goodness. If I wasn't saved before I got there, I was saved by that point. Mm. The ministry of pies. Susie Carmichael gave me a pie. The ministry of pies. Brings joy to your heart. Brings joy to your heart, doesn't it? Simple, simple things like extending hospitality people is transformational in the receiver and also in the giver. See, John's writing words of affirmation to Gaius, an unknown unknown saint, An ordinary man who uses the ordinary ministry of hospitality to encourage the ministers going from church to church, bringing the message that John the Apostle was sending to the churches. We can do that. We may not be the one that can call down fire from on high. We may not be the one that can have signs and wonders follow us. But we can be the one that extends fellowship and God's grace to those God that brings across our path. We'll close out this in verse 8. He says, Therefore we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. John affirms both the blessing in giving and the blessing in receiving. It's an ordinary means to extraordinary ends. And so I want to encourage us this morning that if you're wondering, like, how can God use you, you don't have to look any farther than the little village you live in, the family that's yours, the sphere of influence. You don't have to look any farther than, than what was on the, or who was on the platform this morning. You got some, some young high school people that have blessed us by serving us through ordinary playing an instrument and song. You got, yeah, we had two designated old guys. You can spell that out. <laughs> that are using their gifts. We got a gaggle of people in the sound booth, young and old alike, helping us get the word out through our infrastructure here, through the internet, by using social media. All these things that we have here this morning, they are simply ordinary th- tools, ordinary people, that God's given us, to do an extraordinary thing. and the extraordinary thing is this, to proclaim the gospel, because it changes people's lives. It changes people's lives. It saves people. It brings people to a place where they can experience the blessing, the healing, and peace that come through a personal relationship.